Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I am your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to our Resistance Recap, where we're talking all about the episode Dangerous Business. Um, this episode aired on January 20th, and it was directed by Saul Ruiz, who we've seen before in the director's chair, and it was written by Eugene Sun. Yep. Um, and before we get going into our recap, I just want to say that next week's recap will be a couple of days late just because I'm going to be on vacation, so we can't record until I get back on Tuesday. So I'm sorry about that. I know you guys like the quick records, and this one is also late, so I'm sorry about that as well. <laughs> um, but we'll be back on the schedule after that. Real life is a happening. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes even Star Wars must wait. You know, for as often as we like rearrange our schedules for Star Wars and, and even often for podcasting as well, sometimes sometimes Star Wars has got to work with our schedule. <laughs> sometimes, just so, sometimes. Some, I mean, yeah, like definitely like the impetus is on us, like 100%, mm-hmm. but sometimes Star Wars can pick up some of the slack too. I just want to say also before we start this that this episode's titled Dangerous Business is like really hard for me to remember for some reason. I I keep wanting to say dangerous liaisons. Like I, I don't even know. I, like it's, the, it's a kind of a boring name. I kept thinking of like risky business. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So if this is your first time listening to one of our resistance recaps, we do the same format every week. And in part one, we're going to be going over our highs and lows for the episode. In part two, we talk about the story. And then in part three, we're going to be talking all about the characters. So without further ado, let's get started. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first? All right. Welcome to part one where we're going over our two highs and one lows for the episode. And I think you went first last week, so I'm going to go first this week. Go. And my high, of course, was Kaz um, having to be like a retail worker. <laughs> And the acquisition <laughs> shop as someone who worked in retail for a couple of years when I was in school. Um, also, how funny is that that I get to say like I what when I was in school because I'm not anymore. Um, yay! <laughs> yay! <laughs> uh, but Kaz like trying to like handle customer service issues <laughs> was just hilarious to me. Like when the um, villain of the episode, whose name I can't even remember, came in and he was like, "I thought you were closed," and that was the sentence. Like that was it. And Kaz was like, "Oh." We're not. Isn't that good? I've like had a very similar experience and (laughs) I just – I relate hardcore. He's like, is there anything we can do to make it up to you? Anyway, he he was – I'm sure that came directly from one of the writer's own experiences as well. Oh, yeah. Had to. It's like too on the nose. Yeah. It totally is. Mm -hmm. So my first high is – I, (laughs) and honestly, this was guessed. Carl had tweeted us and was like, I, I bet I can guess your first high. And yes, you did. My first high is I loved how at the beginning of the episode, Kaz showed signs of improvement. <laughs> we love positive character growth. I think like two or three people tweeted us that and were like, did you see Kaz doing something? <laughs> <laughs> we love Kaz, guys. I'm <laughs> just like, I'm so happy that he's like learning how to do work in the garage. Mm-hmm. And and he's also like I loved that he was doing nice stuff for his coworkers and his friends. It was great. Yeah. I was I was really happy. And I know that he like Tam was really forgiving that he kind of misplaced one piece too. And I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it was like 
it was like a lovely kind of opening scene that they had this uh, episode. And I also got a – what was funny is I was talking on Twitter about how I found Kaz really relatable too. But then um, our friend Kate said um, also <laughs> people do keep giving Kaz jobs but not training him how to do it. Re in the actual acquisition shop, they were like, "All right, Kaz, best of luck, bye." <laughs> like, didn't tell him anything, um, and he was just thrown in there, much like he was with the mechanics job. But at least with the mechanics job, he's showing a lot good signs of improvement. Yeah, totally. Okay, what was your second high? My second high was actually um, from the villain, uh, the nameless villain, at the end after <laughs> he's talking to um, oh, what's that stormtrooper's name? Starts with a P, right? Pyre. Pyre. I want to say Price, and I'm like, this isn't Rebels, Caitlin. It's um, really similar, though. It's, I know. you know, the P R Y. So after he got off the, the after he hung up on uh, Captain Pyre, and he was, and Captain Pyre was Commander. Like, Commander. He was like, I'm going to go tell Phasma. Like, it's serious. For most people, that would spark fear. But for this guy, he was like, oh, man, there are days, and then there are days. <laughs> Like, that's such a chill response from a guy who just lost all of this cargo on, like, a very large ship in a scary explosion. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Mm-hmm. It made me um, My second high is and was BB-8. I thought this episode was so funny, and I actually – it's a high because I think BB-8 is just really funny. I also – you know, our friend Danny messaged us and told us that they used the sound effect that we use in this show – um for one of bb8's like speaking and it like made my life when i heard that i was like oh my god <laughs> they're going through the data bank of bb8 noises i <laughs> like, like i are. have yeah exactly <laughs> um but i really do like i loved his personality here and how when he, when bb8 like came in swinging literally to like fight off the villain i loved that it was really good. I felt so sad when he was like trapped behind the boxes at Me the very too. And, end. You know, it's funny because I was like, maybe this is the point where BB-8 and Kaz get separated and BB-8, like Kaz is like off somewhere. I thought that Kaz was at that point going to leave the Colossus. Mm-hmm. There was a part in the mo- in the show where I was like, it would make sense for Kaz to leave the Colossus here and BB-8 to be left on the Colossus and somehow get back to Poe. And like that would that would be the change off. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm waiting for that moment. And I feel like it's going to look similarly to what we just saw. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, okay. So now for our lows. Um, as many like laugh out loud moments as I think there were in this episode, it's definitely not my favorite that we've seen so far. Um, I don't know. This one just didn't – this one didn't do it for me. Um, it hasn't been my favorite episode. I don't even know if I could point to a specific reason. Just as a whole, it didn't capture me the same way other episodes have. I think that's really interesting. I really liked it. I It was one of my faves, I think. I, I really? Thought it was, yeah, I think I liked the singular character focus, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about that. And um, I don't know. I, I really liked it. I, I thought it was really fast-paced, and um, I had a smile on the entire time I was watching it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and that's weird to say because I am such like a huge Kaz fan. Um, and I loved Kaz in this episode. And I thought um, all of the characters did well. I don't know. I think maybe because I was missing, I don't know. I feel like this episode didn't have as many like layers in it. Like we always talk about how the Colossus is like all of these layers of relationships and stuff within it. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that this, it was kind of missing in this episode. And not that that's a bad thing. It's just, 
I, I missed it. <laughs> right. And I mean, we'll talk about it later. Like we do obviously have like a couple layers, but it felt kind of like shoehorned in. Mm. And I don't know if that's even the right way to describe it. I don't know. Just overall, it wasn't my favorite. Um, there are other episodes that I like a lot more than this one. Yeah. Um, okay. So Milo was the cartoonish villain who we just didn't write his name at all in this Google Doc, so we don't know it. But <laughs> And I know it's ridiculous for me to say this because this is a Star Wars cartoon, but he felt kind of comical to me. And I realize that's – I know it's it's just kind of absurd to me for me to even critique this, but – yeah. He was as like cartoonish as it gets for a villain. Yeah. You know, like even even being a cartoon, he was pretty cartoonish. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, are we ready to move on to part two of the story? Yes. So welcome to part two, where we talk about the story and we always ask one or two of these questions. What is the state of the resistance and what is the state of the first order? Caitlin. So we get little pieces of each of them. Um, with the resistance, really, the big thing we heard is that Poe, he was, or uh, Kaz was going to be contacting Poe about what he learned about the First Order. Mm-hmm. So that's really kind of the big thing we learned um, about the resistance. Um, we continue to learn a lot more about the First Order in the show, which again, quite the paradox considering the show is titled Resistance. Uh, <laughs> but the First Order continues to kind of take center stage. Uh, but we learned that they were after a phase generator, phase power, power generator. generator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're both like searching for the word. Um, basically, it sounds like it's like a really big drill. Um, and Interesting that you went that route. I don't know if it's a really big drill. Like I think that it could be, but I also I, I think you're right about that. But I think that it might have more um, uses. Well, okay, then I guess um, let me rephrase that. That then they're using this power generator, phase generator thing for some kind of excavation, drilling, yeah, a big project. That's what um, Felix and o- o- Oka, Okra, Flix and Flix? Orca, Caitlin. <laughs> Caitlin's really bad with names, if you can't tell. <laughs> I called him Okra. <laughs> All right. Flicks and o- or- Okra. Orca. Like an orca whale. Okay. Um, yeah. Flicks and Orca, uh, they said that the power generator is usually used for, like, big excavations, really serious mining. Mm-hmm. And then Kaz kind of has that discussion at the end where he's like, oh, are they looking for more um, – I forget what it was that they mined in a previous episode. He's like, oh, are they mining for more of that or is there something else going on? And that's Deadlinite. Deadlinite. Yeah, thank you. Um, that's what he goes to go tell Poe about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really the most like first order we got. Well, we yeah. saw the Stormtroopers and stuff, but – yeah, this definitely has to do with the Starkiller base. I'd be mm-hmm. really surprised if it didn't. Oh, yeah. I mean, it it could potentially have to do with, like, fuel for the ships of the First Order, but I think it has to do mainly with Starkiller base. Mm-hmm, 100%. Yeah. Um, so I, I think in terms of, like, what's the state of their First Order, they're, like, sneaking things out of the Colossus. That's pretty big that mm-hmm. they're running operations out of the Colossus, and they have a pretty intense presence on the classes right now mm-hmm. to the point where there's stormtroopers just walking around. Yeah. Well, they make a good point in the show. The cartoon villain 
he like points out how rare this power generator is. And we've talked about this a lot on the show about how there's something on the Colossus that Snoke or the First Order Hux is after. Like there's something specifically there. I would be surprised if it's just the power generator um, and mm-hmm. like its military location is like a strategic checkpoint. I, I feel like there's something a lot bigger on the Colossus as well. Um, but – the cartoon villain makes a point of saying like how rare this piece is, how it's hard to find, it's expensive, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that it's not something that the First Order can just like come across. They are like actively searching for it. So is there anything weird about the fact that Flix and Orca had this in the back of their supply room? No. I mean, I feel like there's they just like collect things as they come. I bet it's been there for a while. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if there had been a line like, oh, that's been there since the days of the rebellion. I don't know. I think it's kind of weird. Them, They're kind of shady about the bombs and stuff that they have back there. Oh, my God. Is your pet theory going to be that Flix and, and Orca are the First Order spies? I don't know. They're pretty big stars. Like they're pretty big voice actors. So I do wonder if they – I think they're going to have a bigger role. And mm. – Maybe – I don't know if they're the spy. Again, guys, I still kind of have been leaning over the break. I'm like, I feel like there is no First Order spy. Mm-hmm. I think that, like, it's it's misinformation or um, it's meant to, like, stir things up. I don't really know. I feel like – I don't know if Flix and Orca are the, are the spies, but I think that would be, like, an interesting turn. Or, like, they were helping it somehow or – I don't know. Mm, they're not the spies. Niku's the spy. If, <laughs> if Niku's not the spy, then I'm with you. There isn't a spy. <laughs> but- Basically, what I'm saying, I feel like, is they have they have a pretty big history that we don't know about. I feel like we're well, we're gonna yeah. learn more about them. Oh, I'm sure they've been everywhere in the galaxy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know if that if I think that means that they're quote unquote bad guys. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know. I think they're mm. just there's that's kind of shady that the back room of theirs. Like, I mean, everyone has a back room. I mean, the beast had a back room in his castle, and there was just the like, beast some, is a beast. There were yeah, <laughs> there were just some flowers back there and like ripped paintings. Nothing like devious. <laughs> just a curse. Just a curse. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing devious at all about a curse. (laughs) Uh, I stand corrected. (laughs) I don't know. One to watch is what I'm saying. Just a curse. (laughs) It's really funny. Niku. It's 100% Niku. But I appreciate that your crack theory is going to be Felix and – I almost said Felix and Okra again. Felix and and Orca. (laughs) I – don't think that's going to be my pet theory. I'm just saying red <laughs> flags, red flags. <laughs> red. I can't believe they give you red flags, but Niku doesn't give you red flags. Niku, all right. I mean, our like little bit of Niku at the beginning of the episode, he's starting to like show his true colors, you know, where he's like, <laughs> he. you can tell that he's worried about Kaz working in acquisitions. He's like, don't blow things up there, Kaz. Like, <laughs> Whereas yeah, Niku's think, getting a little feisty. Yeah, he's getting a little sassy, and mm-hmm. that's when that's when things start slipping. Right, he's letting the facade drop. <laughs> so, in terms of the story of this episode, I feel like it wasn't very story heavy. I feel like there's a yeah. lot of like action points in the story mm-hmm. that I feel like we're a little bit like grasping for straws to like try to speak about the story. Are, is there anything else that we want to talk about about this episode in the story section before we? dive into the characters 
Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing with this story is like where we are in the in the bigger timeline leading up to The Force Awakens. Because if we're entering that timeline in season one, then like how – and we're assuming that this power generator is being used to work on Starkiller Base. Then like Starkiller Base isn't fit like – It's surprising that it's not finished. Yeah, because- yeah. Thank you. That's what I was trying to say. Well, because like in, in The Force Awakens, if you think about everything that we know about the weapon in The Force Awakens, um, it's available. It's ready. It's armed. It's mm-hmm. like kind of Hux's thing. It's Hux's little pet project, I would mm-hmm. assume, is what I'm assuming. Yes. And that Snoke is ready to, he says, prepare the weapon. Almost like, I don't know if it's never been like tested before, but I don't think we can ex- we can assume that the destruction of Hosnian Prime was the first time it was used only because, and I only say this because I think everyone assumed that the first time the Death Star was used was Alderaan. Mm-hmm. And we learned that it had that single reactor ignition in yeah. Rogue One. So maybe um, Starkiller has something similar. Maybe that's what they're using the Deadly Knight for. Maybe the Deadly Knight is actually something completely different. And that's totally true too. Like Rebels introduced the TIE Defender program which was like completely separate to the Death Star as well. Yeah. And there could be these two separate programs going on, and maybe it'll be something that even feeds into Episode Nine. Yeah, I think that's a really good thing to remember is that the um, Empire was working on a lot of different projects. Yeah. Um, and Competing like, projects too. Com- and yeah. And competing it wouldn't with- be surprising that they would go that route with the First Order as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very – I think it's a good assumption that this is being used for Starkiller Base. Um, but you're right. I think that there's a lot of other things that they could be using. Again, the timeline of this show. We're is, getting close. We're getting close and it's stressing me out. I know. It's crazy. It really uh, is crazy. One, I feel like I'll feel – not that I'm going to take a sigh of relief because Kaz is going to be like in a whole lot of hurt. But once we're like actually in Force Awakens timeline, I feel like I'll be able to like sort things out a lot easier. I agree. I um, I'm just like there's like a t- ticking time bomb about yeah. um resistance right now that yes, it's like overhead. Like yes, this was like a small little minute episode, but when are we gonna get into the heavy stuff? <sighs> and I know that's like that's kind of it's a lot for me to ask because I really do like these like kind of slapsticky episodes, mm-hmm. and I think that's like it's what makes f- Star Wars fun. Yeah, but because we know where we are in the timeline, it kind of makes it a little tough to sit back and laugh at this. Um, and and I, I do, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is one of the nice things about Resistance in general. Like people talk a lot about how like Star Wars is supposed to be fun and it's fun first and foremost. Um, like it shouldn't be so se- – like sometimes you hear like there's this critique with the sequel trilogy of it being too serious and like the prequel trilogy as well. Like it was too serious and stuff like that. Whereas I think Resistance really does like balance these tones really well um, as yeah. far as the humor is concerned. And then like you were describing this ticking time bomb of what we know is coming down the line. But then we get, you know, Kaz trying to do customer service in a shop and um, like silly things like that. <laughs> uh, so I, I feel like Resistance does that really well as far as like like that, that Star Wars feel, that ambiguous Star Wars feel we always talk about. I feel like Resistance really gets it. I agree. I agree. There's good people working there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. To develop the show. All right. Well, let's move on to part three to talk all about our characters. Let's do it. Listen, big deal. You got another problem. Women always figure out the truth. Always. 
All right, welcome to part three where we're talking about characters and really it's character in this episode for the most part. Um, but Kaz really did take center stage and we touched on it a little bit at the top of the show. Um, but what, in what ways are we seeing Kaz's development throughout the show so far, especially in this episode? Well, this is the first episode where he is completely without a jacket. So <laughs> huge development. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. Honestly, that's a pretty big development animation-wise is mm-hmm. that they've like switched to this character model. Yeah, um, like so, like what? 12 episodes into season 1. It took like 3 seasons for Ahsoka to get rid of the tube top. <laughs> yeah, it took forever. <laughs> Too long. Too long. I feel like cat I was like really It's funny cuz you said that you didn't really like it, but I really liked how this was I don't know. I feel like we've had a lot of characters introduced to the show, and I am always thrilled to get more Kaz. And I really liked um, how he was tested once again at a different skill set. Mm-hmm. But he also, you know, did the right thing again and again in terms of like trying to stop um, what he uh, in, in terms of trying to stop like the pirate pi- the pirate for stealing the con- uh, the phase generator. Mm-hmm. Um, one moment that I thought was really great and like actually showed a lot of growth in Kaz's character was when he was hanging after the shipping container kind of dropped beneath him. And <laughs> the guy was like, I forget what he said. The guy was like, what are you doing up there? And he was like, I'm working. What are you doing down there? Like it, it was, it was a really good back and forth that really got him out of that situation where I think in the past, like even like five episodes ago, he might've just like screamed and been like, is anyone going to help me get out of this? You know? Yeah, I think you're right. I think the guy he was talking to too was like, I don't have time for this and like walked away. Like it's too early yeah. for this nonsense. Yeah, he was listening to his music, his bopping. <laughs> I <laughs> I feel like it was just really funny to me because I think that that was a moment where Kaz had to keep his cool. Mm-hmm. And he did keep his cool to an extent that um, really helped him. Yeah, yeah. I think this episode really was great for, like, seeing Kaz's development as far as, like, actually being a spy and kind of functioning within the Colossus. Um, the the Kaz episodes that I love the most are when he's, like, with other characters. Like, his uh, episode with Tora is, like, a standout for me. His first episode mm. with Poe I think is a standout um, because they're, like, you get to see him interacting with characters who are more skilled than him in a lot of areas and are kind of pulling him along and you're kind of seeing him have that growth um, and learning from them. But this, this episode was really great in that vein to kind of see him stand on his own and and, you know, take care of the shop, kind of, but more importantly, like, took care of the mission and was smart enough to know that he needed to, like, get something out of what he was doing as far as, like, understanding what the people, what the cartoon villain was doing and know mm-hmm. that it was something that was important to tell Poe. Mm-hmm. I just wish totally. we knew, like, how much he's contacting Poe. Because he's, he's said it a couple of times, like, these little sprinkles throughout the episodes of, like, oh, I'll tell this to Poe. Or when we talk to Poe next, da-da-da-da-da. And I wonder, I definitely like, thought the, the episode was going to end with, like, a transmission to him. Hmm. But it didn't happen. It did not. Um, but, yeah, I do wonder, like, how much he's actually talking to Poe and how much Poe is, like, coaching him through these things or, like – is Kaz getting any information back from Poe, too? I don't um, think he is. I don't think he is either. I'd be surprised if he is. Um, 
And that way I feel kind of bad for Kaz because I feel like he had – every time Poe is in the picture, he has a mentor or someone who, like, believes in him. But then Poe, like, goes away. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Kaz is really, like, trying to make it on his own. And I feel like – I don't know. It's just kind of adorable how he's trying to do the most for the resistance now. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't necessarily have a mentor or someone he can turn to all the time. That's yeah. my impression that I get. I think I'm still waiting for Kaz to, like, really realize what he's signed up for. Um, And I think that's, like, a continuous process. And I think that's going to happen once Hazanine Prime happens. Um, But he still is – and understandably so. Like, we're halfway through the first season. Um, He shouldn't know all of these things yet. But, like, still waiting for him to have that, like, aha moment. Like, that Finn moment, right? Like, our last Mm -hmm. episode on the main show was all about Finn and how Finn, at the end of The Last Jedi, like, finally knows what he's fighting for. Whereas Kaz isn't there yet. But we know that he's committed to the resistance. But I don't think he really knows why. It's just like, Poe is really cool and Leia is really cool. They're good people. So, like, obviously I should be with the resistance. And we've seen hints of him, like, really understanding what the First Order is all about, especially with the children from Tehar, conversations he's overheard them have with Doza, um, you know, tidbits like that. But it's going to take, like, a big event, like Hosnian Prime, I think, to really – like, it'll be like a paradigm shift in how Kaz views the world. Mm-hmm. And we're just, like, kind of slowly building to that. And this episode, I think, was great to show that – like the preparation that he's going through for what we know is coming down the line. Definitely. It's really interesting. I I think that Kaz I don't know, it's it's interesting to watch Kaz as a resistance fighter. I think that it's um because the movies have kind of showed us that it's like this big organization. It's it's interesting to me to watch him be like the lone resistance fighter, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't really thought of that, but you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, that the, it, it'll be a really good comparison once we get the Cassian series and how yes. Cassian kind of operates on his own or what we assume he's kind of operating on his own in different missions um, to like compare. You know, not to speak about the Cassian series on our Resistance episode, but I've been thinking a lot how I really hope that Cassian has like a couple siblings and they're also part of the show. That's so interesting. I hadn't thought of that. And like that's what he's like. He's like risking all that for, and his like family is like totally caught up in, in it. it. Yeah. I'm really – I'm hoping for that. How much more <laughs> angst can Star Wars give us? So much. So angsty. So I, feel, much. I feel like – I feel like it would be fun to get like more sibling relationships. So that's kind of what I have been thinking about recently. Yeah, I think so too. Um, especially if they like weren't twins. True. True. <laughs> or if they're twins, like whatever. It's fine. Yeah, I guess it's fine. Like if Cassian has like a twin brother. That would be weird. I wouldn't like that. that w- <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a twin sister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All, right. All right. Let's She's talk about right. Cassian on our resistance episode. <laughs> Do you have a Luna, though? Am I right or am I right? <laughs> oh, you're so right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's talk about BBA and Kaz because they had a bit of an adorable relationship this episode. It was. It's really funny because I think that it's so funny how the writers of the show have kind of like – made it extremely clear that BB-8 is kind of like a little ambivalent towards Kaz. Like he is super helpful towards Kaz and everything. But like in the back of our mind, like we know how nice he is to Ray. We know how nice he is to Poe. 
And like, he's so sassy around Cass. He really is. This is a, a very good observation that I don't think I've necessarily picked up on like you have. But now that you point it out, it's like, yes. Like, BB-8 is adorable when Ray like takes him in. Have we really seen that ab- adorableness with Kaz well, and I mean, BB-8's relationship? At the same time, though, BB-8 knows he's down and out. Like, he's yeah. going to cuddle up to whoever's nice to him on Jakku because he's got the map to Luke Skywalker, and he knows it. I think then he, like, actually likes Rey, but let, let we should probably can safely assume that BB-8's using Rey a little bit. He's using his cuteness to his advantage. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> I... Just to stay under her wing. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's it's funny how the relationship is really different. And I think the writers are doing a really good job of carving out how different it is. Because I think it would be really easy to just fall into the trap of like what we have seen before with, about BB-8's personality with people. Mm-hmm. And instead we see um, kind of a droid who's like kind of excited to get back to Poe, I think. <laughs> and... Um, one who is kind of snarky around Kaz. Yeah. And I love it. We have seen, I mean, Poe, uh, BBA is quite snarky around Finn as well. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. That's so funny. Yeah. We have Finn on the brain. We do really. have Finn on the brain. Um, but he was quite snarky with Finn throughout The Force Awakens. Uh, they do have that nice moment in that deleted scene from The Last Jedi. And that's really it. Because um, BB-8, well, no, they, they're all on Canto Bite together. Um, mm-hmm. What am I saying? I'm getting my droids mixed up. BB-8 goes everywhere. He does. Man, that's a traveling droid. <laughs> it's like where in the world is Carmen San Diego, but where in the world is BB-8? Exactly. Where in the galaxy is BB-8? <laughs> that's why Poe's first question in The Last Jedi is like, where's my droid? That's so because true. Because the droid has really been everywhere, and he's just that's constantly asking so that true. question. And he's been on the Colossus for like this whole time, like within the resistance, <laughs> like within the sequel trilogy timeline. Wow. Wow. It's all coming together. I'm excited for... As much as I love BB-8 in the show, and I really do every time, like, BB-8 could not have been cuter when he was, like, trapped. Yeah. I felt so bad. I was like, oh, no. I know. It's like, oh, he's just a little, he's just a and tiny And then when ball. he, like, did the swing thing with the wires, I was like, yes, let's, like, let's engage with these wires that we saw in The Force Awakens. Like, mm-hmm. we don't really see it that much. Like, I, I was ready for that. I like and- seeing his fire with the, uh, with Bitey when he was like, yes. <laughs> Oh my God, we haven't even talked about Bitey. Oh, Bitey. I loved Bitey. All right, let's talk about, okay, so areas that Kaz needs to improve on is not like low-key sacrificing Bitey. Like, did we know that Bitey was <laughs> like electric proof? <laughs> he was just like, Bitey, bite the wire. <laughs> and then he was like, ah, oh, Bitey didn't make it. How sad. <laughs> oh, I loved that moment. It was like he gave his life for the resistance. I was like, he, you know, Kaz is I, – I saw that scene and I was like, this is foreshadowing. Like, Kaz is prepared to say goodbye to people. <laughs> Stop. I overthink everything. But I really do. I was like, wow. Like, first off, is this episode even going to go there with, like, a pet? And then I when then it came back, I was, like, literally so excited. But – I was like, this is definitely foreshadowing to the future of my God. Kaz having to say goodbye to somebody. Yeah, no, no. for sure. I mean, well, obviously he's going to have to say goodbye to like his home world. Uh, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. <sighs> I, re- I really liked Bitey, though. In the beginning, really I'm not Bitey. sure I'm like, I really liked the Gorg design that much, but I thought he was really funny. And I liked how he was just like so chompy. <laughs> <laughs> me too i did like the detail of like kaz mourning bitey in the escape pod by looking at his glove that had all the teeth marks in it 
I miss that. That's yeah, so funny. he's like, ah, oh, that that's when he thinks of like, oh, Bitey didn't make it because he sees all the teeth marks in his hands and he's like, how sad. <laughs> I also um just a note on design note, I thought it was kind of cool that the escape pod looked similar to the coffin escape pod. Mm-hmm. I think it was bigger. It looked had a more like um James Cameron Avatar vibe is kind of where I came from that. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? Like in those like yeah. stand up suits. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that it was pretty similar in terms of I'm sure someone who designed that was like, oh, we've seen escape pods that look like this. Yeah. So let's well, look at, make it look like that. I'm sure when they're developing those things, they have like a lot of different versions. You know what I mean? Totally. Before they like settle on the one that was used in The Last Jedi or maybe the Resistance one was actually animated first um, mm. or decided on first. You know, like you really don't know with all these yeah. things going on. Uh, within Star Wars, like when things are actually being developed, like details like that. But yeah, it was nice. Um, and I kept waiting for the cartoon villain to be like, an escape pod's been released. Yeah. But he never did. Probably because he was too busy worried about like not dying. But he did seem pretty <laughs> That's what chill. happens when you're like about to die. He did seem pretty chill after he talked to the First Order. And he was like, there are days and then there are days. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, such a funny line. It's such a funny line. And you're like, Oh, you just, like look <laughs> behind like, you, kind sir. Look behind you. There's like a <laughs> ship sinking, like a very large ship. Um, like I wonder if it'll get brought up too. If anyone's like, does anyone know what happened to that really large ship? <laughs> or like when that Sonara huge goes, carrier. Yeah, yeah, that huge carrier. When Sonara goes out, like scavenging, and there's like this new ship down there. <laughs> She's like, yeah, it's the strangest thing. <laughs> I was out scavenging. A full ship fell to the ground. That that was just like not there yesterday. Is there today? And no one knows about it. You know, Phil Skozak recently posted a photo of an old um, art design of a ship from, I think, The Last Jedi, a First Order ship. And it looked just like that. And people were kind of ripping on it being like, that looks like a box. Like, that's literally like a shoebox. But then we watched this episode and that, I think that was like an original, like, it was probably modeled off that piece of artwork. Mm, it's just always cool to see these things like come back again. And it, oh, yeah. it always reminds me to often flip through those beautiful art books mm-hmm. because I think we'll see something similar yeah. always come up in this era. Well, things get reused. And just because something isn't used for like a film or a specific TV show doesn't mean that it's useless. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the nice things about Star Wars. But wasn't the – did we ever see the, like, actual freighter that uh, Han was using in The Force Awakens? I feel like that was pretty boxy too. Hmm. You're probably right about that. I actually don't really remember its full shape. I don't, I don't know if you see the full shape. I don't shape. know if we do either. But I feel like a freighter would be boxy, whether you're in space or on Earth. Like, it's boxy. Yeah. You're totally right. I, I totally forgot about that one. Hmm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we kind of talked about um, – Felix and Orca. <laughs> I like, have to mentally say, not say Felix and Okra. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to add about them, though? Not really. I am wondering if they're, like, our first on-screen gay couple. Right. Because I think they – and I'm, like, all about that. I think they're so funny. I I kind of envision them, like, the theater uncles. Yes. So, in a way – because they're so dramatic. I, I love them. So I, I I really think they are. Oh, um, yeah. They're like going to visit parents together. They have to be. Yeah. Long story about we have to go visit my mother. Oh, like, I hate it. <laughs> yeah. So great. And when, when they were coming back in, he was like, I'm part gun gun. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, you can't be part gun gun. Gun guns don't have feathers. <laughs> 
Maybe they do. (laughs) So great. I love them. I want more episodes with them in it because I think they're just so funny. I wish there was. And also, there's a a short on YouTube with them, and it's really funny as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I wish there was, like, a tiny web series that was about them, like, touring people around the acquisition shop. Like Like them only? Yeah, just them. And they're like, this is where we found such and such. And, like, that's the back room. We don't go in there. Uh, There's a curse hidden in there. but it's just that like, would be so fun. What a right. great idea. I think – oh, my God. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think it would be really fun. And there would be, like, such room for, like, cameos from, like, Kaz. Or they'd be like, and this is the dent in the wall that Kaz put in when we let him watch our shop. <laughs> 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 what a mistake that was. <laughs> True. True. Yeah, I thought well, they, they had really to go funny. away. What can they do? I know. What, what can <laughs> They had to go see his mother. <laughs> Long <Yeah>. story. <laughs> I love them. Um. Well, I'm ready for next week. I'm ready to like begin the angst that will be the end of this season, the back half of this season. I feel it in my bones. Uh, and I'm ready for Kaz's new hairstyle. I continue to love Resistance, even if there was, this wasn't my favorite episode. I continue to like really love this show. I really love it too. Mm-hmm. It's surprising how much I love it. I mm-hmm. really look forward to Sundays. Yeah, me too. And I can sit with my coffee and watch Resistance. It's like such a fun morning activity for me because mm-hmm. I watch it on demand. Um, and it's so great. Yeah, I completely agree. All right. Well, I think that is going to wrap up this week's Resistance episode. And again, just a reminder, next week will be a little late because Charlotte will be traveling, but it it will be coming. So have no fear, listeners. Our Resistance recap will be here uh, soon. <laughs> For next week. Um, if you want to find us on Twitter, we're at Skytalkers Pod or at Caitlin Plusher or at Clarity is Charlotte's Twitter. Um, or you can find us on skytalkers.com as well. We also have a Patreon if you're interested in checking that out. And if you like what you hear, you can also head on over to iTunes and leave us a review so more people can listen to our show and give us their own Niku is the first order of spy theories. So I especially would appreciate if you would go and do that. <laughs> And I also want to thank our amazing patrons, Jason, Amy, Joanna, Neil, Mary, Larry, James, Tracy, Sarah, Susanna, Z, Cherie, Angela, Diana, Becca, Lynn, Katie, Courtney, Brian, Amy, Kelly, Jim, Suara, BJ, Ewan, Matthew, Fernanda, Chell, Catherine, Manny, Ira Bell, David, Claudia, Kate, Brooklyn, Lady Valkyrie, Jenny, Blessed Cheesemaker, Danny, Lumpa Raru, Patrick, James, Hamsa, From a Certain Point of View, The Dorky Diva Show, Megan, Stuart, Kyle, Jennifer, Kels, Chastity, Aliyah, Travis, Katie, Daniela, Alyssa, Rebecca, Andy, Delaney, Angela, Ali, Natalia, Daz, Serene, Shireen, Jordan, Molly, Aaron, Casey, Megan, Lauren, Tom, Edith, Adam, Connie, Robbie, Kirsty, Brandon, and Chuck. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. Your support means the world. Yes. Thank you guys so much. And until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Sky Talkers is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom.